We concluded part two with Alex asking Dion, does blackjack still have a place in today's political, social, and entertainment climate? Here is Dion's answer and more. So, A, I thank you. We need him more. We need him. We need more like him. And all of the the things, you know, uh, I wasn't around during the big uh, comics war of the 50s. But, um, in, in, you know, just so people get a sense of what that was, um, a lot of uh, conservative parents groups and what have you protested against comics, and that's how the comics code got evaluated, and it was kind of like a quasi-censorship of things that people wanted to see because they didn't think that, they didn't think that uh, comics were uh, conducive to a moral environment. But... What I see, and what I've seen from my childhood, and I am I am one of the last of the boomers, is that comics uh, comics reflect the times that we live, and also project the the ideal of where we want to be, where we hope we would be, if if not now, in the future. Mm. And Aaron, Aaron signifies that probably just as much as T'Challa, as uh, as Peter Parker, uh, anybody that anybody that's out there in the pri- in the so-called primaries, he he stands for something. He does it because it's the right thing, and the fact that you. The fact that you put the history in front of our faces, so we can see that that this is that this actually happened, that this was real. He may not have, he may not be a real person, but the environment in which he operated was a real environment. That nothing in a in a country now where truth is truth is not truth, according to somebody. We need to see more truth. Aaron gives us that, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for uh, not just meeting you, but doggone, man, you can't put it out fast enough. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's, it's, it, I'll tell you, I'm not sure whether or not this will wind up in the uh, recording, but uh, two things. One, Chris and I uh, started working on a project over a year ago, and because of various other things that we had to deal with, uh, it's only recently been finished. It's in a you know rewrites and edit stage right now, but it's it's called and I think you may have seen Tim Fielder's cover for it. It's called Blackjack Fire and Ice, and this the, there's two separate stories that take place back to back, and Chris is the first one, and then mine is the second one. But what's funnier is that the two stories actually are sequels to the bigger story that I'm working on now in which Aaron goes to the 1936 Olympics as a bodyguard uh, to Jesse Owens. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So I it's it's years that I've wanted to write this and always somehow kept pulling away from it, pulling away from it or getting pulled away from it and finally deciding that yeah, uh I I I'm I'm going to do it. I Worked out. Now is the time. Yeah, I've worked out most of the beats. Uh, when Race, the movie came out, 
Uh, I thought, well, you know, you had your chance for a number of years and you didn't do it, Alex, so now this movie's going to blow him away. And the movie came out and disappeared. I mean, most people don't even know it hit the theaters. So I said, okay, that's it. Now I, now I know more than ever. I've got to get this book out for my sake. Hopefully, if I do it right, others will enjoy it and feel it valuable. But what Chris and I have done is almost put the cart before the horse, is that Fire and Ice will be coming out this fall, and we'll set up, hopefully, saliv- you know, uh, was it uh, salivation, you know, so pe- people will start, yeah, people will start drooling, going, wait a minute, where, where's, where's, the, where's the story that, that, that goes before this? Where, where's the prequel? You know? Uh, because that's that's one that I'm going to really put a, a lot of heart into. Um, not that I don't with these others, but it's been living with me for a long time, and I've really got to do it. And I, you know, just you know, bust my chops to try and do it right and do it justice. Uh, you know, but again, yeah, the the things that occurred, you know, even with that, like you know, Jesse, yeah, Jesse went to the Olympics, and even when you hear about that. Unless you really, 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 really do some digging, you don't realize that Jesse went, but there was another black man that went, right? And Jesse ran a good part of the race, but then he handed the baton over to this guy, and the guy finished the race. So it's, you know, he was a part of it. And that these two black men got to run, and one of them got to run, actually. The second gentleman got to run because Hitler refused to let the Jews on the team run. So they were ostracized from running. They were Olympic members. These two Jewish runners were Olympic members and were not allowed to participate. So when I do my homework, I don't just stop at, yeah, we were there. Who else was there? What was going on around us? Because the bigger picture is it's not just about the color of the skin. It's not just about us. It's about all of us. Exactly. Exactly. And and when, when you face that truth, you get a better understanding of the size of the beast we're up against. You know, and to me, you know, until I can't, in my way, being the open United Nations kind of guy that I am, I will still, you know, rail against that nonsense and rail against anybody who promotes that as the way to think. Yeah. But... Anyway, I want to thank you, Dion, for this time. Uh, just before I say Arrivederci and, and Jumbo and all those other good things, is there any last remarks you wanted to make? I can't think of any per se that I haven't already said. Um, I think um, I think the most important thing that I want I want you to remember and the people who listen to this to remember is despite the fact that um, this uh, this particular character and his adventures did not take place yesterday or in the last last decade or so, that the stories are still germane, that the principles are still germane, that um, that all of this, all of this is connected. You can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. Mm. And most of us really don't have a clear sense of that. And uh, it's part of our failing, um, the United States is failing educational system. But 
the thing about it is is that there are some teachers who despite the fact that the that the curricula um, does not um, does not address uh, the totality of history there's some that go beyond beyond the syllabus they go beyond the means mm-hmm. to do it and do it uh, in the most creative of ways as you as you heard <laughs> as you heard from my exploits yeah. Yeah. But um, this is, I mean, it's important, you know, that, that um, in, you know, and I think, I think people are going to be railing against, um, people are already railing against the press and what have you. And the next thing that happens in, in these sorts of, in these sorts of confrontations against the light and the dark is that they go after the art. And this is, this is the, the comics the comics were um, there were problems in the 30s and 40s, but in the 50s with with McCarthy and everything, everything ran to a head, mm-hmm. and and um, it was really it got really crazy, and we really need to have this out there now. We really need we really need to be reminded of what we stand for. We really need to be reminded of where we come from. And where we have yet to go. I, I, I absolutely hear you. And I, I was going to shut up, but you said something else. So I'll just throw this in again. I might cut it out. But um, junior high school, I had an art teacher named Mr. Purr, who I remember to this day. I can even tell you what he was wearing the day this particular incident happened. Um, I was in my last year. We were filling out forms and deciding, deciding which high schools we wanted to go to. And I, I'd wanted to apply to art and design here in New York City, because, you know, I like to draw. You know, hey, what, what else does a comic geek like to do but read and draw, right? And um, I had spoken to our guidance counselor, uh, whose name I don't remember anymore. I can remember what she looked like, but I don't remember her name. And she had told me not to bother applying to any specialized high schools because, you know, I wouldn't make it. I was not an A student, so, yeah, my grades were, Mm-mm-mm. but she said, no, you won't make it. You know, they, they have very high standards, blah, 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 blah. And I would come straight from her office to my art class with Mr. Purr. And he has a ritual at the beginning of the class. You, Everybody comes in and you start breaking out the supplies and setting up stuff to do your projects. And Mr. Purr was, for some reason, was standing there talking to me in his corduroy jacket with the suede elbow patches. And he, I mentioned to him, in matter of factly, I can still remember, I was not upset, I was not, you know, angry. I wasn't, it was just, yeah, I just spoke to Miss so-and-so and she said I shouldn't bother applying for any art high schools. And I remember him stopping and looking at me and, and saying, what? And I said that again. I said it again. I was putting out my, my white paste and all this stuff in the jar and with the, with, the, with the funky brush and everything. Yeah, I remember. Right. And he turns, he says, excuse me, and he left the room, which he never did. He never, he always was there making sure we were getting our stuff together. So, you know, most of us sort of like, I don't even remember if we exchanged glances. We just kept doing our stuff. Sure, we started talking out loud and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how long he was gone. Maybe a few minutes, maybe ten minutes. But either way, he comes back in, and he is taking off his jacket like he's about to take me out back and beat the crud out of me. You know, I, I remember the fierceness with which he removed that jacket and flung it on the chair by his desk. And he said to me, point blank, we're going to start working on your portfolio. You're going to be coming in here. When you get a chance, we're going to work on it. We're gonna... I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I say? What did I do wrong? 
somehow I eventually realized in that moment, in that class, that he was not mad at me, but he was fired up. So, yeah, we spent weeks working on my portfolio, getting all my artwork together. He checked some stuff. I know he had me do something over, put the portfolio together. I applied to art and design, and I applied to the other specialized high school music and art. Word came back, I made both. Now, the cocky me, for no reason that I can remember, went in to see the guidance counselor, looking like I'd been told I was, you know, the scum of the earth, my head down and everything, and I said, I just got word back on, you know, my applications to the two high schools. And she said, mm-hmm. And I said, I made both of them. Thank you. And I walked out. <laughs> now, that was me being, you know, the clown, the jerk, whatever, you know. That was me being sassy. I didn't know until a few years later that that guidance counselor who was of the Caucasian persuasion had done that to a number of non-Caucasian students, non-white kids. Done it to a couple of Asian kids, a lot of Hispanic, a lot of black. Mr. Purr, in going in to see her that afternoon, must have got wind of it because he Red came back riot act. fired up. I don't even know if he, if he said squat to her, but he came back bound and determined to make sure that I got my shot. And, luckily, whatever, I was up to it. You know, my work was up to it, and I was accepted on my own merits. But had he not done that, I might not have given it a shot at all. And so, one of those things, that's why I, I try to remember the good things that happen as well as the bad, but I really try harder to remember the good things because there are good people, there are solid people, there are ethical people, going back to what you were saying about McCain and so forth, and there are folks who just want to do the right thing no matter what. And we'll go the extra mile to make it happen. And I personally want to honor those people and want to be one of those people to the best of my ability. So, naturally, Good I also... News. <laughs> well, well, thank you. And certainly, I you know hope to continue to do as much as I can with, with, with Aaron and, and maybe a few other characters that I create and work on to, to put that message out there. So, again, Dion, thank you so much for your time and your, your insight and your honesty. Uh, as always, you've been a genuine human being and a, a real friend and I appreciate you giving me this time to talk about this. I do have to go because I have to meet Chris at noon, and it's eleven thirty already. But give him, give, give him my best. I will. I, I will tell the... him. I will tell him what you said about ransom. Uh, if I had a chance to edit it, I would. I would play it for him. But I will definitely tell him about it. Okay, Dion, right. you take care, and we'll be talking again because you know, Ekbok isn't until next April, so we got to talk. I might even get up your way. I'm hoping uh, in the fall. But anyway, I got to go. You take care. And uh, the putty who was on the couch for you, tell it I said hello. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye-bye, kid. Bye, Alex.